Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to examine the current state of development for self-driving trucks in part three of our Road Signs mini-series on autonomous trucking. Once again, we'll be delving into how and where autonomous commercial vehicles could fit into the freight transportation industry and what it will take to make that vision a reality. But before we dive into today's topic, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to Transport Topics to gain exclusive access to our top 100 lists, quarterly magazines, and other trucking industry news. To subscribe, visit ttn.ws slash ttsubscribe. You can also text TT Subscribe to 571-622-0001. To learn more about autonomous truck development, we're going to hear from Don Burnett, co-founder and CEO of self-driving truck startup Kodiak Robotics, in an interview I recorded for Transport Topics Automate Virtual Event in December. Let's play that conversation now. I'm very excited to bring in Don Burnett, CEO of self-driving truck developer Kodiak Robotics. Thanks for joining us, Don. It's great to be here. So, Don, you've been right at the center of autonomous vehicle development for the past decade plus. You, know, you worked on the Google self-driving car project. Uh, you're a co-founder of self-driving truck startup Auto, uh, which, of course, was acquired by Uber. And now you're the founder and CEO of Kodiak Robotics. Uh, so you've really uh, seen uh, this, this new emerging uh, piece of the industry uh, evolve uh, from some of the earlier days. And uh, to begin our conversation... I'd like to take us back to 2016. So that's when Otto hauled a load of beer for Anheuser-Busch in Colorado. And it was a demonstration, but you know, I think it was a, a landmark moment for self-driving trucks because it really opened some eyes to the possibilities uh, for automated driving in the trucking industry. And now here we are six years later. Uh, from your perspective, Don, just how much progress has been made toward autonomous trucking and how far do developers like Kodiak still have to go to reach commercial deployment at scale, which of course is the goal? Well, it's crazy to think how long it's actually been uh, the last 14 years on this, this path to development that we've been on. And when I look back and think about 2016, it was a really exciting time. Uh, Self-driving trucking was just getting started. And I really look back fondly of what we were able to achieve at Auto. And while you mentioned that was, that was just a demo, and it really was. It wasn't something that we could generalize to other routes and other conditions. It was highly optimized for that specific scenario. Um, it was still a monumental achievement for the time, particularly given the sensors and the equipment and compute and, and everything that we had, had at that moment. And the industry has come a long way since then. While that was just a one-off demonstration, we are now at Kodiak over the last four and a half years We've been running commercial freight on a day-in and day-out basis for companies like Warner Enterprises, Siva Logistics, US Express, and others. This is becoming a much more real technology now than it was back in 2016. I mean, that was six years ago, 
And we've made a tremendous amount of advancements on the tech that we use, the sensors we have access to, the compute power, the algorithms, the machine learning and, and artificial intelligence that's gone into it has really brought this technology from demonstration into daily commercial use. And really where we are now as an industry, or at least where we are at Kodiak, is that we're working on what we call our safety case framework. We're looking to prove that safety case, which is a statistical conclusion that we draw that says we are actually safe enough. We're as safe as a human driver. We can deploy our trucks uh, driverless on, on the public roads in a real commercial setting. That involves obviously on road driving, but also a lot of simulation work. So think about millions and millions of miles of driving and, and simulation and also closed track testing. It's things like functional safety analysis. It's showing the redundancy uh, exists throughout the system and that we can always uh, safely handle any circumstance that comes comes our way. And so, uh, yeah, we've, we've come a long way since the days of auto, really proud of the, the work that we did back there uh, and even more proud of what we've accomplished so far at Kodiak. Yeah, to your point, we've uh, certainly moved uh, well past the initial demonstration phase and we're really, uh, you know, on to solving all the, you know, the technical details uh, to, to fully, you know, get this technology ready for uh, commercialization. And, you know, you mentioned some of the partnerships we've seen develop, uh, and we've seen a lot of that across uh, this, this emerging uh, field with um, AV truck developers forming partnerships with motor carriers, truck manufacturers, other players in the freight transportation industry to really accelerate that testing and development. And, and to your point, even Paul Freight. And, um, you know, Kodiak, for one, has, has formed uh, many such partnerships. Uh, you're working with, uh, as you mentioned, U.S. Express, Warner Enterprises, you know, others like Ikea, um, Tenrose Express. So very large, you know, well-known trucking companies, logistics companies, and, uh, you know, large national brands that are interested in, you know, being a part of shaping this technology and, uh, you know, working on implementing it potentially in the future. Uh, so Don, just tell us a little bit more about those pilot programs. Uh, how are they paving the way for commercial deployment in the future? Absolutely. We've now been working with commercial partners for over three and a half years. We've delivered over 2,500 commercial loads using our autonomous technology, and we're operating 24-7 across the southern United States with, with various partners, as you, as you mentioned. And the important piece of the puzzle here is to understand that technology doesn't get developed in a vacuum. It's really important for us to truly deeply understand the needs and pain points of these carriers uh, who are our eventual customers so that we can build the right technology that integrates into their existing ecosystem. People like to often talk about disruption of markets. This really isn't so much disruption as it is technology slotting in to make the system more efficient, uh, safer, and ultimately more resilient. So part of the benefit of working with these commercial partners is that it gives us a glimpse into their world. They work with us so that we can build the right product for them. But it also puts, puts, puts us to the test in terms of we're moving freight on a schedule for them day in and day out. We don't get to avoid uh, rush hour traffic. We don't get to choose our own windows for pickup and delivery. We have to handle rain. We have to handle uh, all kinds of inclement weather, construction zones. Basically, we have to handle everything that the highway 
environment throws at us. And that's something that's really, really valuable uh, that you just don't get if you're not out there each, you know, day in, day out working, working in the basically in the commercial market. Sure. And I also want to take a little bit of time to talk about uh, deployment models and business cases for autonomous trucks. Um, you know, I recently put together a, a call it a lineup of uh, self-driving truck startups or technology developers uh, that are actively working on this technology. And it's more than a dozen companies, but, you know, with different types of uh, operations, different strategies, different ways of using, you know, applying automation to the trucking industry. Uh, I'd say the majority uh, are are somewhat similar to Kodiak in that the goal is automating, you know, certain highway routes, right? You know, you know longer distances on, on highways, um, often in hub to hub operations. Uh, so, Don, I want to just kind of turn it over to you. you know, what's your perspective on? you know, the, the best use case for autonomous trucks and uh, what are you pursuing at Kodiak? You know, what types of routes and freight lanes you know, do you see as best suited to autonomy? Well, definitely the long distance over the road routes are the ones that are most suited to autonomy and the most uh, applicable to our 24-7 operation. And we are heavily focused on the hub model, the, tran- the transfer hub model, where the autonomous truck focuses primarily on the highway portion of the driving. And we rely still on human drivers to handle what we call the first and last mile. So think about distribution center to transfer location that's highway adjacent. You change the trailer, swap the load onto an autonomous tractor. That tractor then drives maybe hundreds, hundreds or even thousands of miles down the road, and you've reversed the process on, on the other side. This keeps humans uh, intimately involved in, in the system. We still rely on human drivers, and this is something that I think you're going you're gonna to see for, for some time to come. And one example of this we, we demonstrated with Werner Enterprises uh, a couple months ago where we, we delivered uh, for them eight continuous round trips, I think it was, between Dallas and Lake City, Florida. So we kept our trucks running 24-7 for 152 hours straight, we had 100% on-time delivery rating, and uh, we were not 94% of all of that driving was handled in autonomous mode, which was our first ever time running that route. So it's not like we spent months and months and months perfecting that route. That was literally the first time that our trucks had ever seen that route, and it was over one hours of service. We had the Werner tr- uh, drivers with their trucks bring the loads to our facilities that were highway adjacent. We just ran 24-7 back and forth without out ever turning off the system. This is a glimpse of the future. This is the kind of rela- uh, reliability. This is the kind of efficiency you're going to see uh, in the future with self-driving that you just can't get with drivers today. Yeah. And just to be uh, perfectly clear on sort of the state of the technology you know, and the goal, uh, today, with the on-road testing and, and pilot programs, there's a safety driver behind the wheel. Um, you know, usually like a data, data scientist or an AV specialist uh, on board as well. Uh, but the goal is to reach full automation, unmanned vehicles for those hub-to-hub routes. You know, that then at a transfer hub will swap uh, trailers with a uh, a manned vehicle, a traditionally you know human-driven uh, truck for uh, you know shorter uh, you know transportation on the front and back end of, of the overall journey. That's right. We have a safety driver behind the wheel for all of our operations. Sorry, I should have mentioned that and made that explicitly clear. We no longer have a uh, you know human in the right seat operating the software. Our, our system is fully 
automated from that respect. Uh, the driver just focuses on the road, making sure that the truck is doing exactly the behaviors that they would expect it to do. And uh, we have a, we can we can remotely uh, monitor the trucks uh, from from a central location. So we no longer have that secondary uh, operator in the vehicle. Okay. And, you know, much of this on-road testing and, and the pilot programs we've been referencing, uh, a lot of that has been centered in the, the Sun Belt. We saw some initial activity, you know, in Arizona and still continues there. But, you know, lately it's really um, been spreading a lot in Texas. You know, it's been kind of emerging as sort of the, the prime, you know, incubator for this technology or like kind of the first, uh, you know, call it the, the cradle of autonomous trucking, uh, if you will. Um, you know, Kodiak, for example, was open to testing an operations facility in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, so, Don, why has this region you know, really emerged as you know this this first um, you know use case and this the you know sort of the prime geography for autonomous trucking? Uh, and how do you see it expanding geographically in the future? Kodiak was actually the first AV company to go to Texas way back in 2018, and that's something that we're we're really proud of. Uh, Texas is a great location for for a number of reasons. One, it's an incredibly freight rich state. It has uh, seaports, it has land ports, a lot of the freight that moves across the southern corridor, think about coming in from the east coast, uh, Atlanta going to LA or, or vice versa, coming in from the Pacific going to the east coast, uh, a lot of that freight runs through Texas, whether that's I-10 or I-20. And so when you, when you look at where, where does it make sense to set up your testing and operations facility and start to commercially operate, Texas makes, uh, makes a lot of sense. Of course, Texas also has great infrastructure. It has great weather. It has very, very favorable regulatory environment. We met with the uh, regulators at the state level, the, the local city level, and uh, the DOT and, and a lot of the other organizations within Texas, and they were very welcoming. They recognize the significance of what self-driving is going to bring to the freight industry from a resiliency perspective, from an efficiency perspective, from an economic perspective. They really wanted to be on the forefront. So they've been very welcoming. Uh, we've, we've had a great time setting up operations in Texas. Uh, we love Texas. And I think you're seeing now all of, all of our competitors following us to, to that area. Are you using SoundCloud to listen to road signs? Here's how to get the most out of your experience. First, make sure to use the SoundCloud app and it's downloaded on your mobile device. Then hit person plus sign to subscribe to road signs podcast page. Second, pick the episode you'd like to listen to and press play. Third, to find out more about the mission, click the three dots and tap behind this track on the player page to see guest details, mission of the episode, and links to more audio offerings you're sure to enjoy. If you still have difficulties tuning in, email us at share at ttnews.com for help. Happy listening. Yeah, it certainly has been, uh, you know, a lot of this activity has shifted uh, to the, you know, the Texas Triangle, especially, uh, but, uh, you know, throughout the state. Uh, you know, one thing I wanted to bring up was, uh, you know, a recent, uh, you know, announcement at Kodiak, you know, you, your company conducted a, a test demonstration showing how its autonomous driving system can bring the truck to a controlled safe, safe stop in the event of a, a steer tire blowout, right? So we're kind of getting into the, you know, the nitty gritty of uh, all these details, the technical details. Well, okay, if you're going to remove the driver, you better be prepared for all these eventualities and all these uh, situations that can happen out on the road. 
Um, and really, you know, maybe it doesn't sound like the most exciting thing on the surface, but I think it's emblematic of how uh, autonomous truck development has advanced beyond simply proving out the concepts, you know, where we started our conversation to, to now really addressing those practical details of how to truly make this work in the real world. Uh, so, Don, what were you hoping to show with that demonstration? And what does it say about the state of autonomous truck development? Well, we think it's really exciting. And just, just earlier this summer, we were the first company to demonstrate safe pullover uh, to the side of the road with our autonomy system. So before I get to the steer tire blowout, I think it's important to understand where we were coming from. Our system is currently monitoring over a thousand diagnostics on the truck. So not just things like tire temperature, tire pressure, but uh, sensor health integrity, data integrity, how uh, all the internal diagnostics of the autonomy system, but also the platform, the engine temperature, oil temperature, tire pressure, tire temperature, and things like that. If any one of those values goes outside of allowable bands, our proprietary embedded control system that we call the ACE is able to take over and safely pull that truck over to the side of the road. So we demonstrated that earlier this summer. And of course, the very next question we got was, okay, that's all fine and great when all your tires are functioning, but what happens when you have a tire blowout? And so, of course, that was already on our roadmap and something we had been preparing for and working on for a long time. But what we wanted to demonstrate is that the high fidelity and capability of the autonomy uh, control system was able to handle those critically important situations. Obviously, when a steer tire blows out, it can become a really safety critical situation very quickly. And what we wanted to show is that our control system that we've been developing on the Kodiak driver is able to handle those situations. We not only tested steer tire blowout, but we tested all kinds of other uh, tire pressure degradations. Of course, steer tire being the most important one, and that's really why we demonstrated that publicly uh, in the announcement that we made. But the important takeaway, and what I want everybody to understand, is that our system can react 10 times faster than a human driver in that situation and can immediately apply the inputs needed to keep control of the vehicle, right? So even an alert human for an uninspected event can take over a second to analyze the situation and react. Our truck reacts in less than a tenth of a second. That's what we were able to show. And I think that is really significant, not just for the safety of self-driving vehicles, but for the safety of our roadways in general. And so not only are we able to match performance of the best drivers, I think we're able to really push it to the next level to maintain safety for all motor, motor, motorway users. Yeah, and uh, again, I think it's, uh, you know, all those little details are so important. So uh, you know, again, I think it shows that uh, you know, we, we've come, you know, pretty far, even though if we're not at, at any sort of, uh, you know, broad commercialization of the technology, it uh, doesn't mean there's been a lot of, you know, hasn't been a lot of progress uh, along the way to get to where we are now. Uh, now, whenever we talk about autonomous trucks, you know, I always want to take time to uh, talk about what the technology will mean for professional truck drivers. I think that's an important part of the conversation. Uh, you know, to me, I think it's pretty clear that human truck drivers are going to be essential for the foreseeable future. You know, not all truck routes and freight types and business operations are going to be well suited to automation. Um, and, but, you know, again, that's my perspective. Don, you know, tell me how you see this technology playing out in the trucking industry. Uh, do you envision a mix of automation and human labor in the future? And do you even see, uh, you know, the potential for 
driving jobs in the industry to improve uh, and, and, and evolve in some sense uh, through the use of automation. I think you're exactly right. That's how we that's how we see it at Kodiak. We, you know, first off, you have to recognize that there's a massive driver shortage uh, for over the hall, over the road truck drivers. That's not to say that there are no drivers that want to do that job. Of course, there are some great drivers out there. Some of them absolutely love truck driving, but the demand for moving freight is just increasing year over year over year, and we're not able to backfill those jobs with with enough enough human drivers. And so, really, we want to focus on what is generally considered to be, although not always, but generally considered to be the, the least exciting, least interesting aspect of, of this industry, which is that really ultra long haul over the road. It's harder to hire, it's harder to find drivers that really wanna do that, even though there are some. We're just not keeping up with the demand. But as you said, there, I think for the foreseeable future, I'm talking decades, uh, we're gonna see humans in the loop with this technology, either driving regional routes, uh, urban, uh, more urban centers, first and last mile. Uh, they're going to continue to do some routes uh, that are long haul over the road. And it's going to be a really slow, gradual rollout of self-driving technology. A lot of people think they're going to wake up one morning and poof, we're going to find out that you know millions of trucks are all of a sudden automated and, and everybody's out of the job. I think that's completely unrealistic. That's not the plan that we have. I don't think that's the plan that the industry has. This is going to be a really slow, uh, geographically uh, specific rollout over time. And as you said, I think that we're actually going to be able to increase jobs. We're going to be able to increase the efficiency of the assets of the trucks. We're going to be able to move more freight on the long haul, which is going to create more jobs on the, the shorter regional drives. And so, yeah, it's not, it's not something that I think that people should be as concerned about. If anything, I think we can have a positive effect on the market. That's a very helpful perspective uh, because, you know, sometimes there is some angst and uh, you know, some of it does feel unwarranted or not reflective of, you know, where the technology development is, is really headed. So I do appreciate that. And, um, you know, one other question that's, that's always tough to answer is, you know, the time frame for this. And, you know, I know it's difficult to project, you know, specific dates uh, on, you know, when this technology will be ready for, you know, full commercial deployment or how quickly it might scale up. But from a development standpoint, you know, when will you know when the technology is ready uh, and what obstacles do you, do you see still in the way that you'll need to overcome to reach that point? Yeah, it's always hard to pick a specific day. I like to say, oh, it'll happen on a Thursday sometime in you know, a certain <laughs> month, but that's just not, that's not reality, right? We'll know we're ready when we've completed our safety case uh, checklist. And that's, that's really the only answer that makes sense. And anybody who gives you a different answer is, is, is I think, giving you the wrong one. And that safety case involves uh, statistical benchmarking against human driving capabilities across the variety of scenarios that we see on the road, both in the real world, also in simulation, and things that we can test at our test track, as we as we talked about before. It also involves proving out the redundancy of the system. So we have a ton of sensors around our vehicles, cameras, LIDAR, radar. We have multiple compute systems. We have multiple uh, control systems. So we have multiple controllers that can steer the truck uh, uh, bring the truck to a safe stop. Uh, we, what we need, what we need, and have been working with the industry on is redundant actuation platform. So think about redundant paths to braking, redundant uh, controls for steering. If we lose the steering wheel or if we lose the brakes, you can have the best autonomy system in the world, but it's not going to make a difference, right? So we have to make sure that that redundancy is there across the entire stack, from the sensors all the way. To, to the braking system, 
and ultimately the tires where, where the rubber hits the road, as they say. And once we've been able to do the analysis to confirm that, yes, under all circumstances, we feel confident that the, uh, the Kodiak driver is going to be able to handle each and every one of those scenarios safely, then we're, we're, you know, we'll be ready to deploy that. And I think it's going to happen in the next couple of years. We've made a ton of progress and we're getting very, very close. Okay. No, thank you for that guidance. And, um, you know, final question to, to leave you on, Don, you know, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, but, you know, it, I think it goes without saying that there's been a lot of hype, a lot of excitement about autonomous trucking over the past several years. Uh, along the way, I think also maybe some, you know, misperceptions about the technology, what it does mean, what it doesn't mean. Uh, so before I let you go, you know, are there any maybe myths or misunderstandings about autonomous trucking that you'd like to address? Yeah, I think the probably most prevalent one we actually already touched on, which is that this is going to displace a bunch of drivers and people are going to lose a bunch of jobs. I think that is that is really a myth that is worth worth hammering on. I think this is a symbiotic uh, technology that is going to aid and assist uh, the carriers. It's going to augment the existing system. It's not going to put people people out of work. And then the other one is just the safety uh, of the overall system. A lot of people think, oh, it's never going to happen. It's not possible. What happens under this circumstance or what happens under that circumstance? And the truth of the matter is we're ticking, we're ticking those boxes off. One of the big ones was what happens if a tire blows out. People couldn't conceive that an autonomous system could possibly handle that scenario. And we've been able to show that not only is it, impo not only is it possible, but it's actually uh, better, better than human performance. So I think it's about education. We need to keep having conversations like this. We need to keep pushing on the technology, making it better, making it safer. And ultimately, I think we'll be able, be able to, to win people over. Well, Don, I really appreciate you taking uh, the time today to, to chat with us. It's been a, a great conversation, uh, very insightful, of course. And uh, it's also been fascinating to watch your company and, and also some of your competitors uh, in this uh, emerging field uh, that... Uh, it does have a lot of promise, and, and we'll be watching it very closely, of course, in the, the months and years ahead. Yeah, it's a really exciting field. I think it's been a long time coming, and for those of us who've been here a long time, uh, you know, I'm very, very excited about where we are and, and what the next few years hold. So it was uh, great, great chatting with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks again, Don. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open Transport Topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with Transport Topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original questions. How and where could autonomous trucks fit into the freight transportation industry, and what will it take to make that vision a reality? As we've heard during this episode, autonomous truck developers continue to make progress toward commercialization by partnering with truck makers, fleet operators, and other industry stakeholders. That work is laying the foundation for commercial deployment at scale in the years ahead, particularly in applications such as hub-to-hub -hub routes that are well-suited to automation. And looking ahead to trucking's future, it's becoming easier to see how those types of deployments could potentially support the trucking industry's workforce by gradually shifting some driver jobs toward regional and local routes that provide more home time than long-haul jobs. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team at share at ttnews.com. Also, let us know how we did by texting TT Survey to 571-622-0001. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a fresh episode of Road Signs.
Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.